0: What's up, Low Voltage Nation? This is Blake from Nashville. Tonight we have MSP Weekly with Brandon Weber in Upstate New York. We are going to interview Marco Chaffiot from Enterprise CC. So let's get after it. Cool, yeah. Tonight we have it's
1: MSP Weekly with Brandon Weber and Marco Chaffiot. Super excited because Marco Chaffiot, he is a founding member of Low Voltage Nation. We're
0: going to talk about what he does at Enterprise CC, and I'm going to kick it over to my co-host, Brandon Weber.
1: Enterprise CC, how long have you guys been in business for?
0: So in business since 99, um, over the years, various changes and and adaptations, if you will, of uh, growing and learning more and more uh, and and continuously pushing uh, our verticals and our products and um, just trying to advance the company as much as we can uh, doing everything that we can.
1: So speaking of everything that you can do, what are some of the services that you guys offer your customers?
0: So we do at the, at the ground level, we do all structured cabling, um, access control from ground up design, build wiring, maintenance, the whole nine. Um, we do fiber, fiber optic backbone and, uh inside outside plant we do surveillance all av Um, we do a lot of automation services um depending of course on the on the vertical whether it's residential or commercial we also of course do managed service for our customers uh, as well as um, some aerial utility work as well
1: so basically everything that involves wiring you guys do. Anything we can we can cover with our license, we do it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> How many guys do you have on the books covering all those different verticals that you cover?
0: Uh, in total, we're about a staff of uh, 18 right now.
1: Nice. How's things been going with the pandemic? And I know you're like right in the hot spot unfortunately of New York City, Jersey City area.
0: Yes. So uh, it's it's been tough, you know. The last three weeks have been uh, been difficult trying to find uh, where we can continue to work. You know, a bunch of our projects in uh, Manhattan and uh, Westchester County have been closed, uh, as well as it's a little difficult to find any volunteers to go to those <laughs> locations. So we've been uh, really just trying to focus on New Jersey and anything that we can do remotely, whether it's uh, you know simple maintenance or uh troubleshooting of anything that that we can handle remotely we've been trying to do that as well and um you know we've had some guys call out and say hey we're just gonna kind of lay low for for a few weeks see what happens um and if you need us you know let us know or if there's something that we can do where there are the least amount of people around we'll go certainly go to the job and and take care of it that way as well
1: yeah yeah i mean unfortunately like us, we're essential personnel and you guys are in an even bigger market where you're handling access control and fire alarms and all that. If there's an emergency, you can't say, sorry, I can't come and fix it right now. You just got to go and figure it out. And it, it it sucks that you're in that epicenter, but hey, it's the job yeah. we chose.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it is tough. You know, we do have a lot of, a lot of customers in Manhattan and the boroughs. So, you know, you'll get a customer that call and say, Hey, the, you know, the front doors aren't locking, you check everything you can remotely and, you know, you come to a point where you're like, I need to get somebody on site. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's tough. It's a tough situation. You know, some of the, the 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 men that we have working for us are single and they live by themselves. So if we have an emergency like that, you know, I've had one or two of them say, Hey, I'll, I'll go in, I'll take care of it. And, you know, I'll just keep my PPE on and, and go from there. You know, that's, right. that's, you gotta, you gotta push through to a point.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As long as you're staying safe, that's all that matters. So we were just talking, you guys cover New York City, you cover New Jersey. Is there any other states and areas that you guys cover?
0: So New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Florida, California, Washington are the, I would say, the main focus. Um, A lot of them, you know, we do have a handful of national customers that we do take care of and we do partner with some of the local companies there at those locations to back us up. If we need, need things in in an event of uh, having someone maybe on site, maybe we don't have a a team there. Um, But those are the focus points. And then of course, depending on what customers need us elsewhere and the project size will, will of course handle that directly uh, throughout the country as well.
1: So when you're covering Florida, California, is it one specific item that you're covering or is it the whole gamut? Um, because I know there's a company up here that does fire alarms and sprinklers and they every once in a while are doing jobs out in California because they're lowest bid and that, that's who gets chosen. So are you doing fire alarms and access control or are you just doing the whole gamut when you're co- going to Florida, California? How's that work? Uh,
0: Florida, we do we do everything but uh, life safety because uh, right now we're not licensed in the state to do that but access control and, and everything else the you know like you said the whole gamut there we do cover uh, yeah. a lot of customers down in Florida have been residential um, more on the new home you know large homes I mean some of them the homes in South Florida you know you can get 10 twelve thousand square feet so if you can get a, a good pre-wire done in a couple of weeks um, it's a good it's a good way to get in and continue the work because a lot of customers um, on the residential side up here, you know, they'll have a home, let's say in Manhattan or, or, or condo in Manhattan, and they have a home out in the Hamptons and then they have a home down in Florida. So we kind of cover everything in one, um, cusp, if you will, for them. So that's, that's the big thing between those three States and then California and the West coast are more commercial. Um, we'll do, we will partner, I have one or two guys that are companies that I work with out on the West coast that we, we do life safety, you know, fire, uh, with them. So for example, they could be a sprinkler company that can also do fire and we'll work with them to do it. We'll send the tech out and we'll have our guys program set up everything and we kind of work with each other. So it's a good balance.
1: Very nice. So on the residential side, are you doing full automation, like blinds, lighting, all that? Or do you sub out some of those different features?
0: Usually I don't like to sub um, anything really other than, let's say, if it's you know for a licensing purpose um, right. where we have to work together. We, we play play nicely, I will say, in the sandbox. Um, for those customers, a lot of them are full scale automation, whether it's blinds av you know um security the whole nine will do for them so i would say 90 percent of that on the residential side is definitely
1: full scale very nice yeah i've always been interested in that space but it's just we're not a big market up here for that unfortunately right. there's a one or two companies that do it, um, we just like our, our most expensive homes are maybe six, seven hundred thousand. So, right. I mean, there's not big mansions up here. We have a couple. I mean, the guy that started paychecks, he's got like four houses up here that are ginormous. No, um, but I mean, it's few and far between. I have just always been intrigued by all that stuff in the home automation and everything that you can do nowadays in that space is is very interesting and something I've always yeah. wanted to get into.
0: If you're if you're good at it, it's a very good space. If you're not so good at it, it's a very bad space. Because <laughs> yeah, a lot of times that's what happens. You know, you'll get the customer and say, "Oh, I hate this system. It's so terrible." And you're like, "Well, you know, it's probably a programming issue. You know, you need the right team for the right solution. Otherwise, that product can look like just total crap to a end user."
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, it brings me back to this one episode of the Osborne's, which was Ozzy's show back in the day. And he was like screaming at the remote because he couldn't figure <laughs> out how to turn the TV on. And that's what I'm imagining with somebody that does not program these systems correctly. All absolutely. I want to do is just watch TV. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is absolutely true. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so as we just talked about, you cover residential. What are some of the other verticals you guys cover?
0: We'll do everything on the commercial side, um, municipal, uh, hospitality, medical. We do all, I'd say the the biggest end in the commercial sector, even though it's not really commercial, is multi-tenant. That is one of our larger ends of the business um, that we cover. So anything, you know, as small as two units to 2,000 units, Uh, where we do cover that pretty widely amongst, uh, you know, the, that would, I would say that end of the business is more tri-state. We do have a couple buildings that we've done in, in Florida, you know, um, Miami area and whatnot, but that is definitely the bigger end of the business. We're now trying to, trying to get in and grow other aspects of it. You know, we do a lot of financial um, type businesses whether they're um, you know one of the big the big ones like a Chase or something like that we do work with them the smaller wealth management companies you know really anything that we can help the customer really understand a product and get in to work with them as a whole that's what we try to do
1: nice with the multi-tenant units are you doing just life safety and access control or are you Jumping in Wi-Fi, handling full backbones, because I know up here some building tenants are supplying fiber to the whole building and then spreading it out to all the units. Is that something that happens in the tri-state area too, or
0: it's you know it's really dependent on on budget. A lot of things now, um, sadly, always come down to the to a number. You know, we we did a job not too long ago where we were, uh, I think we were like around almost two hundred thousand dollars for the life safety system, and somebody else came in at ninety five thousand. Now, I don't know about you, but that draws a flag in my eye, regardless of who's doing the work.
1: Right. Right.
0: (laughs) So, you know, we try to get everything because, of course, if you do it all encapsulated as one, you can offer them a better package, a better price, and you have one person to deal with. You don't have to deal with four different companies trying to deal with each other. Um, But it doesn't always work out that way, sadly. Um, You know, we, we have a project we're doing. It'll probably start at the end of this year, and where we would normally do access control, AV, life safety, you know the the structured cabling, the whole nine. As it stands right now, we're just doing life safety systems and structured cabling because that's what they have budgeted at the point. And they're like, "Well, we'll just figure it out as we go," which is never, never an ideal way to work. because, right. You know, you get to being like, uh, "All right, we're ready to sheetrock." oh, well, we don't have any surveillance system and we don't have an access control system and you're like, um, okay, how quickly does this have to be done? <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's tough. It's a, it's a very tough market up here because everybody is very competitive. But if you have a company that has 15, 20 guys and you have an, the competitors got three, of course they have more leeway and flexibility in giving a lower number. But like I would say, that doesn't, Give you necessarily the best bang for your buck because you could pay for it in the long run,
1: oh yeah, absolutely. i've I've run into those situations where clients have gotten what they paid for to say the least. Yeah. Um, I mean and it's
0: sad, you know you you try to help them, but they don't always listen
1: right, right, right. yeah i've I've had that issue a few times, and sadly, I don't work with those customers anymore. but hey, I got to make decisions for myself and not deal of with course. these customers. Cause I mean, we're in the landscape today where there's so much compliance that we have to worry about that if you're not going to listen to my recommendations, well, it's my butt too. That's got to be covered. If there's a breach, you're going to look at me like, well, what just happened? Why did we get breached? Well, sure. because X, Y, and Z, you said no to, and I explained <laughs> you what's going to happen. And it happened. So.
0: And, yeah. and you know, the, the I told you so's are are never never what you want, you know, and you never want to get that call where it's like, oh, my God, this just happened. When, what do we do? Well, I don't know. I'm not your IT company. I provided you the hardware and you had somebody else do it. I'm not trying to be that guy. But at the same time, one of my, my hands are tied, you know, right.
1: Right And I, I feel like in your market, there's got to be a lot of just guys coming out of the weeds that are just lowballing you guys and then you got to come in and clean that mess up after the fact. And if the customer just would have went with you in the first place, they probably would have saved money, having it done right the first time.
0: I can't tell you how many times that that does happen, sadly, and you know you, you get it where um, we're on a job that we bid probably close to three years ago with an electrician. And they didn't like our price because we were more expensive than what they had budgeted. And we've always said to them, look, if you want to bid a job, let us know and we'll bid it with you. That way you know what the pricing is. And they're like, yeah, sure. Okay. Whatever. You know, the electricians never listen. (laughs) And we're to this come, you know, back around two years later, the customer calls us and says that, you know, so-and-so dropped the ball. We got to get it done. And I'm sure they're paying for it tenfolds over because now we're back and we had to fix all the work that was done and deal with another vendor who provided equipment, who just basically said, here's your box. We're leaving. (laughs) So I feel like sometimes we, we are the cleanup crew and it's good and it's bad because you'd rather do it from the, from the beginning and get it done the right way. And then, you know, you get stuck with it and you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to turn the work down. I want to help this customer get it done and get it done correctly. You know?
1: Right. Yeah. We've been pushing into the automotive space up here and I feel like that's all I do is I walk in and I'm the cleanup crew. Um, I'm not going to say the vendor's name, but there was one of the DMS companies up here that back in the early 2000s went into all the dealerships and wired them all up. And instead of putting the patch panels, you know, in a rack, they just wall mounted them all. Oh, and sweet. every single dealership just waterfalls all the patch cables of the switches. So we've already rewired three or four different dealerships just to try to clean that mess up. And I mean, it's also all cat five. So we've had lots of issues with gigabit switches and speed issues and all that. Um, but that's the one thing I've always scratched my head on is this company just came in and everything's wall mount or <laughs> mounted right on a backer board. And then everything's waterfalled to the rack. And it just is the most terrible setup I've ever seen. We've cleaned up a lot of places, but I know every other dealership in this market looks exactly the same. And it's just, it's sad that back then no one cared.
0: Right. Exactly. It, the, and, people don't think they they care for it, you know.
1: Right. Right. And, and they're paying absorbent amount of money to these companies monthly because everything you get from a DMS company is leased. And I mean, thousands upon thousands of dollars for this type of stuff. And it's it's disgusting. And we always got to swoop in and clean up the mess. I had one customer that was with one of the companies he was paying six dollars a mailbox for something equivalent to Roadrunner email. Oh wow! So five hundred <laughs> megs of storage for six dollars a month per mailbox,
0: and and they had no idea, right? They had no idea why that was a, that was bad.
1: Right, right, <laughs> right, right. They all had to switch over to Gmail, like just basic Gmail personal accounts, just to give themselves enough storage to be able to actually like run day to day, because in today's landscape with automotive, you're getting big attachments and stuff with ads and all that, and it adds up really quick, and. It, it's hilarious. We moved them to Office 365 for the same price.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to be competitive, you know, and, and, and when people don't know what they're looking at and they just basically sign away a blank check and until somebody else catches it, they're not going to even know what's going on with it. So it's, it's
1: tough. Yeah. And the sad part is they're locked into a five-year contract. So they're still paying for that email for another year and a half, oh, even though we moved them to Office 365 but That's eh. terrible. yeah, I mean, Hey, if they would have uh, talked to me when they signed that contract five years ago, we would have cleaned some of this stuff up. Well,
0: you know, you know what, what, what blows my mind too, uh, Brandon, is that, you know, you deal with customers. We have some relationship with customers 20 years and I'll get, I'll get those customers and say, Oh, I didn't know you did access control. I didn't know you did alarms. And it's like, well, we did the phones It's all over the trucks. It's all over the guy's shirts. I'm not trying to say it was in front of you the whole time, but couldn't you have asked? (laughs) You know, a simple phone call.
1: (laughs) Especially with your branding. I mean, you tell people exactly what you do. Straightforward. And it's pretty blunt. I mean, if you can't figure it out, you got to be pretty dense or pretty clueless.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, yeah, it's definitely staring you right in the face, you know? And it's, um, it's just it's tough it's very I take a lot of things on the business side personally, which is not necessarily the way that you should you know function, but because I have that much care and that much drive in the business that's what kind of frustrates me with with customers you know and you, you're like, I could have saved you you know four hundred dollars a month just by making a phone call, oh, I had no idea, and then you you feel bad because you're trying to help that customer out and you want them to prosper and put their money into better better areas as opposed to just throwing it out the window so it's uh it's it's a difficult thing sometimes when you come across it that way so i i totally understand where where you're coming from with it as well
1: yeah no i mean i I bang my head against the wall sometimes i i had a a medical office that decided to go their own route with getting a new phone system put in a free pbx system with Sangoma phones, all that fun stuff. And within two months, it started breaking. And we've been fighting it for two years. And finally, they threw their hands up and we replaced a, a two year old system because they couldn't take it anymore.
0: What was wow. happening? And, and I'm was, sure you didn't reuse the phones, that's for sure.
1: No, gosh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, we, we put in all yelling phones. I mean, at the end of the day, a Sangoma phone is basically a ripoff off of a yelling phone, but just right. nowhere near the quality. And the problem we were having was they bought the Sangoma appliance that they built, and we had to put a PRI card in it because they got a PRI from Frontier. And the riser card for the PCI card is plugged into the board over USB, which I've never seen in (laughs) my 34 years I've been alive. I've been working on computers since I was a kid. I've never seen that type of a riser card. And it got to the point where every two weeks it would drop the PRI card. And we would have to call the vendor and they would basically have to rebuild the whole entire PRI stack to get that to come back up. So three, four hours later, the phones would come back up. And for a medical office to have their numbers come up and say that they're no longer in service.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah. Not something you want to hear.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) that is not a good thing. So we had to do an emergency phone system and uh, got them back up and running. And it's been a month and a half and we haven't had any issues. So. If they would have said from day one okay yes let's go with your system and they had our quote they knew what they were going to get and one of the uh, partners went behind our back and said no i'll have my guys put it in and that backfired on them real quick <laughs> so if anybody's looking, for, right right so <laughs> if anybody's looking for sangoma phones and some free pbx appliances I got some if anybody wants some.
0: You got some at a good price.
1: <laughs> I do. <laughs> so speaking oh, of man. hardware, what's the uh stack that you guys use over at Enterprise CC? Um
0: well, up until about recently we we've pretty much been a uh, a ubiquity house with uh you know the, the commercial side or, or the public sector. And then uh really residential. I know a lot of people don't necessarily like snap a v's line of arachnus but for the consumer side on the or the residential side it's just been it's been very very easy to manage uh, from both ends you know for my guys and for the consumer as well because they can reset everything you know on the fly with an app and we can limit it which is nice
1: yeah, I know uh, Rackness is used pretty heavily on the residential side with automation and all that. Is there some specific features that it gives you on the automation and AV side? Or is it just because Snap AV is an audio visual vendor that everybody just went with them?
0: You know, I, I was very skeptical with them at, at first because I've always, by default, I'm a computer guy. So I'm I always look at things very methodically and, and surgically, so to speak, right? I want to know how it works, how well it is. And if I throw it out of the back of the truck, can I plug it back in and will it still work? Because, you know, there's been a lot of companies around between TrendNet, Luxol, even Netgear and Linksys. You know, you, you get some of them where as they progress, they don't progress in the, in the upward trend. They kind of fall off. And that was my caution using... Arachnus, um and we've been using them for I'd say probably two or three years now. The biggest thing that I see with it is a their support is is very good for for what it is. Their equipment is easily managed with uh, within their their dashboard, and being able to limit a customer, at least on the residential side, the the ability to oh, my Wi-Fi is not working, let me reboot it, but you can restrict it. So if I only want them to reboot that access point or that that side of the network once in five minutes, that's all they'll be able to do, as opposed to you know saying, oh, I'm just going to log into it and kind of play with it. So that's that's been a big thing with it. And then, like you said, with the ability that you can tie it into the automation system is very nice, too, because you can do that all in the back end and, and you can see Everything that the system is doing. And if something on the automation side needs to trigger, let's say a certain port on a switch for POE, maybe at certain points or, or a reboot, it's very, very seamless in that sense.
1: Nice. So I'm going to pull back the curtain here for a minute. You and me and a couple other guys have been talking a lot in the Low Voltage Nation Slack about the commercial side and what brands we use. So what was your change from Ubiquity? Why did you guys transition from them?
0: So my biggest thing with Ubiquity was the support, right? And anybody that deals with them a lot can share my experiences. You know, it's not very often that you have a problem with Ubiquity, but when you do, it's typically something detrimental to the network and you need uh-huh. an answer right away. That is the biggest thing that you know, if something goes down and you can't talk to somebody or you can't get somebody where you can chat with them right away and they know what's going on, that's bad. That's that, that looks bad on the, on the business, regardless of, you know, the manufacturer, it looks bad on, on the integrator side or the MSP side. So the the big thing that really started pushing me away from that is when I had, we had a school that we actually changed from Meraki to Ubiquity. And you and I both know Meraki is is the is the gorilla in the room. You know, they're, right. they're the big beast. They got all the power. They Their equipment is is what it is. You, you get what you pay for, going back to that, that mindset. Mm-hmm. And the, the school is a charter school. And, you know, they're, they're, their budget's tight for things. And they're like, look, we just can't afford to pay for, you know, Meraki going forward. We're going to this new school. It's costing us X amount of dollars. We need to cut costs. Why they go right to the IT section, I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> the school, but that's the route they went. So we said, all right, we'll propose doing a full Ubiquity stack. We did all their switches, all their APs. Uh, I mean, the entire network was was full-scale Ubiquity. And I'd say within six months, we had an issue with one of the edge light routers. Now, some of them I've had where... They last for years, don't ever touch it, don't reboot it, don't do a firmware update, and it's fine. So we, we get a call, I think it was like a Wednesday morning, and they were doing state testing that day. They said that the guest network they couldn't have, they weren't getting any addresses to the, to the guest side or the, or the student network. And on the student network, everything is obviously filtered, locked down more than the staff or the faculty network. So, I was able to log in, I look at it, and for some reason, the DHCP scope failed and I said, "Okay, well, let's try to do a reboot. Maybe something locked up on the on the router. Do a reboot? Nothing changes now now, nothing is working. I'm able to reach the router, and that's it so to to eliminate a a longer story <laughs> the for some reason, the DHCP server failed in the router i had to factory default it nothing changed i did a firmware update nothing changed i had to actually swap out the router with an with another one reprogram six vlans for 400 students within an hour and a half two hours and you know you send an email out you put you post in the forums maybe you get an answer but you don't know who's giving you these answers and usually at that point being well-versed in the product that you're using you've gone through all those troubleshooting steps so that's really where it started for me that ubiquity was kind of going to have to go away and you know since then we've kind of done some other various manufacturers here and there but um you know as you and i were talking about brandon meraki at the forefront is is a good a good place to have it at at the minimum and if you can do the rest of the network then then fantastic but maybe finding something else on the switch side that has support but maybe no you know monthly cost or annual cost to the customer that might be something that that would be uh, good to utilize as well
1: yeah I mean it, it's funny that you say that especially with the edge series line so I've had great luck with the Unified line. I've been using Unify for probably 11 years. It started with the access points and scaled up from there. I did one mass deployment of edge switches for a car dealership and had nothing but problems. There's a, I don't know if it's still around, but there was an LLDP bug where if you enabled it on the switches, they would randomly just lock up the yes. whole entire switch.
0: <laughs> I'm well aware of it. <laughs>
1: and that bug was around for, I think, three or four firmware iterations. And yeah. that just set me off the deep end. And when I switched from on the gateway side from using edge routers to Meraki was another Honda dealership, I was going to put in an edge router pro. And as I dug into, them, I'm like, okay, I can't do this can't do that i can't do this i can't do that i'm like okay screw this i started looking at meraki and put in an mx64 about five five and a half years ago and i haven't looked back i'll do the oddball install of a very small installation of maybe an edge router but any of our managed clients or anybody with compliance it's a meraki mx firewall at the gateway not just for the fact that we have the limited lifetime warranty, but it's the support. It's the single pane of glass I can go to to manage all of my firewalls for all my clients. And it's the ease of use and it's the security that's on those things. I mean, there's a reason that we're paying for these licenses on whether it be FortiGate, SonicWall, um, Sophos, Meraki, whoever. There's a reason that we're paying for that license. Yes, part of the license with Meraki is the hosting on their dashboard but at the end of the day we're paying for all those security features and that's what we need that's what we need for these customers and you just don't have that with the edge router line it's at the end of the day it's a firewall that's all it is yes right. you can turn on some stuff in the command line but i shouldn't have to go into the command line to start doing content filtering and higher end vpns and stuff like that that's that's ridiculous and they're they're easy, trying you know? right they're trying to do it on the Unify line, but it's just not there. And I don't think it ever will be there.
0: Well, and, and you know, the big thing with the Unify line that kind of irks me is if you're not hosting the, you know, um, the Unify side of the dashboard, you can't get into the switches because until they're adapted or adopted, you can't do anything with it. It's almost like a, a brick, <laughs> you know? Right. So. it it comes to a point where it's like, all right, well, where are we going to set this balance? You know, and then, you know, we have been, you and I have been talking about, and a couple of the other guys, you know, about Cisco small business. And you know that that's a lately a a sore subject for me, but you know, you you have every manufacturer trying to make something It's why can't we have a standard and say, okay, this is how they're all going to work. Now everyone thinks differently, but at the same time, You need a company that's going to be there for you, that's going to support you, and that's going to back everything that you have to do. Because without a good backbone, everything just falls apart.
1: Right. Right. And it seems like Meraki's trying to take a little bit of a jab at Unify. I was mentioning it the other day in Slack that there's an off-brand called Meraki Go that is priced very similar to Unify. Um, They don't have as many access points but they have an 8 port, 24 port, 48 port PoE switch. They now have a security gateway and then an indoor and outdoor access point. And if you look at the pricing, it is like identical to unify. And the hmm. only licensing fee is putting Cisco umbrella on the gateway. Wow.
0: So they're trying to hit they're they're trying to shift that small business market from from the literal small business side to Meraki go essentially.
1: Is that's that what it's that's what it seems like um, their switches I, look the same, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so i've I've known about Meraki Go for a few years now, and it was originally just an indoor and an outdoor access point, and that was it. And then, when we all started talking over the past week or two, I started looking into it a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, interesting. They now have a gateway that's very similar to the m x sixty four, and they now have switches that are very similar to the Meraki switches, except there's no licensing. Hmm. The other factor is, it's all managed by your cell phone. So that's the one kicker with these. There's no dashboard that we can just go to in our browser. It's all managed by the cell hmm. phone app. So that's the one difference. But it's a layer two switch, so we can do everything we can do with the Unify switch on these Meraki goes. And the warranties are definitely a heck of a lot better than they are with uh, Unify because even and it's if it's on with, Amazon, right, right, right. I mean, e- even if we're in that one-year warranty, and you try to contact Ubiquity to get a re- uh, RMA, it might be six weeks before you get that new product. Yeah, uh,
0: you can't go to
1: a customer and say, "Oh, oops, your forty-eight port <laughs> switch died." It'll be six weeks before you get no, it. Absolutely. It, it, and I mean, it's sad that the the mindset with all of the integrators out there that use ubiquity as well, they're priced cheap enough to just buy another switch and just have that as a hot as a cold spare
0: right, right. We And should... we've had situations like that too, and it's like you know you you don't whatever if that switch has been sitting there for four months, how do I know it's any good too? You know that's another thing because unless they're you don't want them going bad all the time and having to swap them out. So you don't know how long you've had stock for it, you know?
1: Right. Right. And and it's just, I've had so many issues and I, I keep going back and forth. I just don't know what direction I want to go in with it. I, I love Unify. We have a massive deployment, but I've just, there's been things here and there that I just am not happy with. Um, And
0: and you don't want to keep switching either. You know, that's, that's like, like us too. You know, we've been, like I was saying, we've dealt with, Ubiquity so long. We also have our Meraki clients and then you have, you know, now what we're switching to Cisco small business, which is slowly fading away and we're supposed to what change all their hardware now, because we just bought, you know, $15,000 worth of equipment for a handful of customers. And it's, it's tough. It's, it's a, uh, it's a very hard place to be where you want to have all of these systems managed and then, the manufacturer kills it and you're like now what do I do because I don't care that they killed it
1: right yeah no I mean at the end of the day for them it's just all about the money and I think our mindset in the group is Cisco really just wants to be in the same they want the whole landscape of their equipment to be what Meraki is where they're making reoccurring revenue on all their gear that's the end game for everybody they want software defined networks everywhere because then they can charge us a monthly fee.
0: Sure. Um, and really I mean, theme, right?
1: Yeah. I, I get it. I mean, it makes our life easier at the end of the day being able to just go into a cloud controller and there's all of our devices. I don't have to worry about VPNing into a network to make a change on one switch. Right. I mean, it, it, it's very, very nice. I wish. There was other companies that were trying to do what Ubiquity does with their controller. And I know Cisco was trying to do it, but find it just is not the same as the Meraki controller or a Ubiquity controller. It's nowhere near it.
0: And and you know what's sad with it too to to jump into that subject is you know, you have the backing of Cisco support, but their limitations are just that limited. You know, you call up and say, "Hey, I have a problem with find it." They're like, "What? Who, who is that? It's not a catalyst switch. What, what are you talking about?" You know, they they don't they're not trained in it. I guess because it never really took off. But right. at the same time, don't push a piece of software that you're saying is going to manage these layer two switches, and then your staff doesn't know anything about it. Right. That's that's not not a good way to sell a product. You know, it's almost right. like now- a. The typical car salesman, right? Like how they used to be. Oh, you know, car salesman. Oh, I don't want to deal with him.
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean, I mean, with their business model of find it, it's going back to the support model that Ubiquiti has for their equipment. But the community on Ubiquity side is much bigger than the community and the Cisco small business side. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you have an issue with find it, Good luck having somebody help you fix it is is the problem.
0: And that's the frustrating part. It's it's again, it's going just like you said, it's like going back to using a ubiquity device, right? If I can't reach, if I can't access my customers networks to troubleshoot from wherever I am in the world, that device is useless to me, because that just defeats the purpose of me having those practices in place to aid the customer and now it's just causing everybody a problem because it can't be done quickly, it can't be done on the fly, and it can't be done from anywhere. I have to have a body physically there and he has to know what he's doing. You can't just send somebody, you know, Joe Schmoe there to power cycle a switch because that's not what the problem is. Right. <laughs> so okay. it can get it can get very frustrating very quickly for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the software side, what's some of the software you guys use to help run the business?
0: So on the the MSP side, because we don't have really, at this point, a, well, we do have a standard, but it, it's ubiquity and Cisco at the moment. So that's the platform that we're in right now. Um, I've been looking for a while to really get a better solution. Kind of like, I think you guys, you're using Datto, is that right?
1: Yes, um, we're using Datto for all of our PC and server management. And if you have a server in place at a customer, they also have an agent that can go and call out and do SNMP requests. So you can even monitor all your switches and access points and all that on your network too. Um, There's another company out there called Avik. It's expensive, Um, but they're the same thing. Agent sits on the network and can look at all your devices. Um, they can get syslogs, SNMP traffic, all that fun stuff from those devices. Uh, but are you guys managing a lot of desktops and servers, or?
0: So the way that we manage the desktops and the servers is, is go to Assist. We've been I've been with them for, geez, probably seven years. So that's the biggest thing. When we get a, a client and we need to manage their their PCs, their servers, whatever it may be, um, you know, Windows or Mac on the network, I'll set up a MSI file for that customer and we just deploy it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not it, you still have to physically get to that machine to get it initially. Um, so that that is a little caveat, but overall, I mean, I've used a couple different you know, vendors in the mix for years and they've always been the best. We can run all the reports. We can, we can pull status from the computers, um, you know, desktops to servers. So they've been great to that point. I think the biggest thing um, from when I last looked at data was that you could do so much more and it really wasn't a lot more investment on it, which is nice.
1: Right. So it comes down to, and this is a discussion that we've been having this past few weeks Because of everything that everybody's been going through with just business almost shutting down, I mean it's tough for all of you guys that you live on that project work. You don't have a ton of reoccurring revenue, and that's a big topic that's been coming up. With Datto, you can offer a managed, fully managed service to these customers. So you're taking care of all their Windows updates. You're running checks on all the machines. You're handling all their third party updates. You're getting alerts on disk space usage, CPU, RAM usage, all that fun stuff. So you're able to go to the customer and say, OK, for X number of dollars a month, we're just going to take care of everything for you guys. You don't have to worry about any of your updates. You don't have to worry about anything. We're taking right. care of all that for you. We're also monitoring all your machines. So we're going to know if a hard drive is failing. We're going to know if your machine's getting taxed. We're going to be able to run reports to see if random software is getting installed that shouldn't be on there. And with data, we have a thing called Centra Stage, which allows me to connect to a machine without actually being on the machine. So I can get into the registry. I can get into services. I can get into the command line. I can transfer files and pull files from the machine. I can monitor Task Manager without interrupting the customer at all.
0: Wow. That's, that's big because you always, you always get the thing, right? All right. I'll need the computer for an hour. Okay. (laughs) Right. You know, right. That's that's a big, a big plus for it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Or you have the customer calls and says, Hey, this just locked up on me. Okay. No problem. You just log in, click on task manager without even logging into the machine and just kill that process and you're done. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's been huge for us. And We integrate that with Bitdefender Gravity Zone, so that takes care of their antivirus, that has content filtering built into it on the client level, that's their firewall, it does device management, it does network management, all on the client level.
0: Sure, yeah, I know Bitdefender, and we use them for the uh, AV side of things.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and that integrates right with Datto, so it will tell you whether or not it's fully up to date, And with Gravity Zone, there's a single cloud dashboard that I can log into that I can manage all my customers. And we've been very happy with it.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, it it sounds like it. It sounds like you would be. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Yeah, I I mean, it allows you to take what you're doing with GoToAssist to a whole new level and allows you to offer your customers a new package. So when you run into a situation like this... Your clients that are still open, you're still making reoccurring revenue off of them. Uh, up here, most of our customers are still working because our big markets are car dealerships and healthcare, So right. they're all still open. We're still making our reoccurring revenue off those customers. And if I look back seven, eight years ago when I was Brake fix, I would be ripping my hair out right now.
0: Sure. Because sure, the, you can't have that interaction. Sure.
1: Right. The, the phone's not ringing right now. I mean... I have a few phone calls here and there, but it's nothing major. I mean, we're really just doing maintenance on the back end right now and monitoring everybody's machines. So we're still doing our job. We're still taking care of everything. But if I was break fix, I'm not getting phone calls to (laughs) come in and take care of things. One, because (laughs) customers don't want me on site. And two, a lot of them are running limited workforces also.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and, you know, it's, it's a, Great market to be in. Like we we always try to push maintenance and we try to tell customers like, look, it's not just some bogus thing that we're trying to sell you because we're trying to make RMR out of it. You know, it's to a point where we're trying to better aid you, the client, to give you that peace of mind, you know, and and it seems lately, again, going back to that, you know, if you're a hundred dollars, there's somebody that's going to do it for twenty five. Right. So it's it's very hard, at least down here. I guess because the market is so flooded with so many different people doing things of the same realm that they're always going to try to go to somebody cheaper, which is terrible because you want to offer someone you know a, a solid product. I mean, like I said, you know we've had customers for for 20 years and we've never changed pricing. Is it good business practice? Probably not. But you know what? If your pricing meaning Meaning my pricing doesn't change. Why am I going to increase it to the customer when I, they've been with me 20 years? Right. You know, and, and, and that's some people, again, look at that as a bad business decision. And some people look at it as well, they're being loyal to the customer because the customer is being loyal to them. So, so you're
1: one of the first people that I've met that has the same mindset as I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you know what? We're, we're not, everyone has to eat, right? And everyone, right. in my opinion, should be fair. If I'm making $50 off of you a month and my cost went up $3 a month, why am I going to charge you another $6 a month? Because, you know, that's what the world says to do. Is that because you know what? You could be having a bad day. You could see that $6 increase and be like, well, screw this. I'm not going to deal with it. They just raised my prices after 19 years. Right. And then you lose the customer. So it's like tread lightly with certain things, you know, and then it's, uh, and, it's hard to keep customers where they they are happy. You know, if you have someone again for so long, they're probably not gonna go anywhere. Or if they have a problem, they're gonna say, Hey, look, you know, can we can we work on that pricing? Whereas a new customer would be like, Well, I'm just gonna go to somebody else because they're cheaper.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that I don't have a sales team. I'm not out there trying to just keep getting work and work and work. And I feel like some of the companies that are doing that, it's because they're just running through clients that they go in, they charge them this ridiculous rate customer says, okay, I can't pay that anymore. And they get dumped. So they're always actively out there looking for new customers just to keep, <laughs> keep the wheels turning. And yeah. we, we pick up a new customer every few months, but a lot of our customers have had for 10, 15 years. Sure. And Absolutely. I'll do small rate increases here and there. But on the managed services side, when I'm raising my rates, it's because I just dumped on a bunch of new features.
0: Right, which, uh, which is valid, I feel like, because you're having that expanded access of, wow, I just got 10 new features, right? It's like it's like getting an update for your phone, but instead of the phone having to be updated, you have to get a new phone because right. it, you have that better camera, you have that faster processor. Right. So uh, it's it makes sense. To me, but not always to everyone, right?
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. I mean, at the end of the day, we still got to sell it to the customer. But honestly, Microsoft's making it kind of easy for us to sell, especially the Windows updating side, since we can manage what updates are being installed in the machines. The way that I set up our policy is any client updates do not run until the Saturday of that week. So we have Patch Tuesday. We have four days to validate those updates and see if anything breaks, which nowadays, I think at least once a month, one of the updates breaks something. So of course. <laughs> I can go in and remove that one update from the policy to not run that Saturday, wait for Microsoft to fix it, then put that update into our approved policy and then push it out. So That's you're real, being-
0: Because you're doing preventative maintenance in a sense
1: right you're being very proactive and not reactive to this update just blue screen 50 machines right. we can we can try to be proactive to that make sure that doesn't happen and that's some of the benefits that you can sell to the customer with using something like datto you're going to be proactive rather than reactive to their issues and that's sure. huge And and that makes Absolutely. customers very happy i mean i had a server that all of a sudden just went down to zero disk space out of nowhere and this server is managed by their software vendor and the software vendor was just messing with things all over the place and their sql logs just went completely haywire Hmm. and i got that alert right when it happened so within two hours i was able to clean up 96 gigs of disk space without running into any issues. Before they even had their procedures the next day, everything was already taken care of.
0: And, and so, that's, that pays for itself right there, in my opinion. Right,
1: right. The, the customer didn't have to worry about having issues doing procedures because it is a gastroenterology office and people prep for those procedures. And when there's an outage, it's not a good day. Right. So Absolutely. being able to be proactive has been huge for us. And we've seen a huge increase in business since we've gone with managed services versus being break and fix. And we don't advertise at all. I, wow. I mean, I, we, you and me have talked about T-shirts and more branding and stuff that I can do, but I just started doing that over the past year. We've never had labeling on our trucks. We've never had anything. It's all just been word of mouth for the 40 years my father's been in business.
0: Well, and, and you know what's great about that is, you know, it's because you have the reputation. Yeah. You know, that's like how my father started, you know, a communication company. He always had the phone side. I always had the IT side. So when we kind of revamped and essentially I created a new business and, and we just kind of moved over, that's where a lot of the customers came from, right? Knowing him, knowing his his rapport and how he handles the customer and and the process right because we never really did any advertising until i took things over and then all the new stuff started the social media the advertising here the 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 integrations with you know google maps and and all these different new technologies right that was never the way it was and just like back then it was always a handshake it was never a contract you didn't have to sign anything you shook my hand that was the deal yep. you, you agreed on it you know you're you're a man of your word i'm a man of my word that's how we proceed. So it's, it's, it's cool to see how, you know, like you're saying with how, how your father did things and, and now how you have it because you kind of take old world and new world. That's the way I do it. And you put them together and try to say, all right, how can I make this still the old approach with a new twist? Right.
1: Right. And I mean, that's, that, that... that's
0: really how you can keep the business really moving because yeah. you had that personal touch.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's how he's been going when when I was a teenager there was whew, 30, 40, 50 computer stores in our area. Now we have 3. Wow. Yeah. Um and he's never had any issues, never really had a down year. He just goes 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 and we had one ginormous store in our town that had billboards everywhere. Like in the early 2000s, you know, when PC gaming had like that sure. big boom billboards everywhere ads everywhere. They went bankrupt three times
0: because they spent so much on our marketing.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's funny. And that's how my father worked handshake deals and just word of mouth. I mean, he had a huge relationship with Kodak when Kodak was Kodak. Right. He handled all their surplus and did a lot of recycling with them, and it was just all in a handshake. And, and from and that, amazing
0: you he, hear that you know for such a big company.
1: Right, right. And from that, he was able to found one of the biggest recycling companies in New York State.
0: And that's that's amazing that that can be done that way. You know, which yeah. a lot of people don't think about it this way. You know, and the a big thing now too is people don't talk anymore. They don't have conversations. They don't right. have. It's email, it's text. I don't want yep. to text you. You're going to have a 20-minute yep. text conversation when it's going to take me three minutes to explain it to you on the phone. Right. <laughs> take up the and, phone and call me. <laughs> right,
1: right. And, and that just came up today. Like a customer said, well, oh, I don't have that email. If you're telling me that, I go, right. It's because I called you and explained it to you because <laughs> I figured that would make more sense when you're asking me 40 questions about this situation. I don't want to go back and forth with 40 emails.
0: Right. And sometimes it's it's a double-edged sword, you know? Right, right. Oh, well, I have to cover myself, so I have to send an email. No, you don't have to send an email. Don't worry about it. I just told you, you know, you got to go-ahead for it, or you can make a hole in that wall. And then three weeks later, you have a blowtorch to your rear end because somebody said, well, who told you to put a hole in that wall?
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. And my mindset has always been that, yes, I can do everything remotely with my remote management solution, but... I always want to have my customers put a face to the name, right. and that's been the one big thing with this whole pandemic that we've been dealing with—is not being able to go to my customers.
0: Uh, absolutely, and and that is a big thing. You know, there's—I've had customers say, "Well, oh wow, it's so Marco, it's so nice to see you on the job site. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't expect to see you, but you do it randomly, right? You do, uh, and they'll say, "Oh well, you know." the plumber hasn't been here or, or I haven't seen so-and-so and he's the owner, you know, you make it a point to make things personal because then everybody will remember that you're the boss, you're the owner and you took time out of your day to go see them. And that, right. that if someone has the right head on their shoulders, that would mean the world to them, regardless of age, you know, it's yeah. just showing respect and interest into that partner, that relationship, whatever it may be that's the the big drive, at least that I see.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been asked to expand out into like Syracuse and Buffalo and areas like that. And I haven't wanted to do it because I am just a one man band. I can't be everywhere at once. And yeah, I can manage Buffalo. I can manage Syracuse remotely for the requests that I was being asked, but I want to be able to go and see the customer and talk to the customer. And I don't want to be on the road for two hours to do that. Right. And hurt my other customers.
0: Sure. Because then you're burning the the candle at both ends. Right.
1: Right. Right. And that's why I've been focused on just staying in our market. I mean, yeah, Rochester is a fickle market, but if you find your niche and you do it well, you can make a very good living in this area. Sure. Sure
0: absolutely if don't if it ain't broke don't fix it
1: <laughs> right right and i mean it, it's funny we we speak about datto datto was founded in rochester it was founded at rit
0: rit yep absolutely yeah. i remember that yeah. sure
1: and, and their second biggest support office is 20 minutes from my office wow so there there's technology in this town it's just you, you got to find it
0: right you got to you got to do the work <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which a lot of people don't want to do anymore.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I would definitely, I would definitely check out Datto and start talking uh, to your I, customers. You know,
0: I have to, because I used to deal with OpenMesh a lot and yep. I know Datto bought them out. And I, you know, I had one of the reps, you know, typical sales guys they are always calling you and reaching out. Right. And, and I'm like, well, unless I'm interested in it, I'm not going to waste anybody's time because I don't really know what, I'm looking for in that solution. So I, I may, I may do that definitely. Cause it sounds like it's a, it's a very volatile investment. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely paid for itself 10 over for us. I mean, it, it's been huge and it really has made the customers happy because when there's an issue, you can go to them and say, yeah, we took care of that already. Or, Hey, we got a smart alert that your hard drive is failing we already called dell we already have a replacement on its way
0: and, and that's that proactive you know right. approach which is which is what people should see the value in
1: right that that's that's huge to our customers and one of my my doctor's office that's the gastro office we've had a power line snap outside their building th- two different times oh, geez. It was one year apart. And and the funny thing is, we have so many alerts that happen when internet goes down, power goes down. We're there within, I mean, they're 15 minutes from my office. So I'm there within 20 minutes. And they're like, how? We didn't call you. <laughs> we <laughs> couldn't even know? call you because our power was out. <laughs> right. How do you know that this is already broken? and you well, gotta tell them it's magic right right this is what you pay me for this yes. this is why we're here
0: this is, do you remember that check you cut every month that's why we're here
1: exactly <laughs> uh so one thing i love to ask everybody is is what's the one device you can't leave your home or your office without
0: uh i i guess i'll just use the stereotypical answer my phone because I can probably do ninety percent of everything from from that thing, as opposed to you know having a laptop or or an iPad, right? If right. It was, and, uh, you know, I mean between between a phone and and a knife, <laughs> those are the two things I always have on me.
1: <laughs> right, and, and it circles back to what we've talked about with the hardware that we choose. I have chose the hardware that I use because I can be anywhere when my when my wife was delivering our second child, we were having issues with one of our edge switches. And I'm able to use my phone and power cycle that edge switch while she's in labor and delivery. <laughs> I don't right. have to pull out my laptop and get screamed at.
0: Take two seconds and you're done. <laughs> right, right,
1: right. And that, that was my one thing with the Cisco small businesses. I don't have that ability.
0: Yes. Uh, I have to have to say that is very frustrating. At least one of the frustrating things, <laughs>
1: right? Right. Yeah, and I mean that—that's huge to me. I can open up the Meraki app and I can see all the stats on all my MX firewalls. I can see any outages. I can see live traffic. I can see everything right from my phone.
0: So and, if you're so you're still using so the two that you're pretty primary your primary are Meraki and Ubiquiti still is that what? Yeah. You're? Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. So the way that I run it is mx at the top and then unify switching and unify routing okay or sorry unify switching unify wi-fi right i i've done some meraki wi-fi uh it's just it it ends up being the cost it's not at all the license cost it's the access point cost
0: right right um five six hundred dollars an access point compared to a hundred or two hundred is, is a big difference.
1: Right, right. So if we look at like the Unify Pro, the equivalent in Meraki is about five hundred bucks for a single yes. access point. So I can go to the customer and say, Okay, do you want three access points or do you want one <laughs> access point?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what? In in all honesty, you know what I have to say, the Merakis feel like they're worth their value. Oh it's gotcha. It's not a piece of plastic, you know, they're, they're six way antennas, you know, they're Mimo, they're, you know, they're, they're metal. It's, it's a solid built device, even their, you know, entry-level outdoor access point feels like you can throw it off a roof. (laughs) So
1: it's funny that you say that I, one of my car dealerships was bought out by a ginormous dealership. And they took the Honda store. He kept his Mazda store and they're about 500 feet apart from each other, maybe 700 feet apart from each other. And on the Honda building, we had Unify mesh pros Mm -hmm. on the exterior and they'd maybe go about halfway. So you'd get the whole Honda parking lot, but not much of the Mazda parking lot. And when they came in and bought the Honda dealership, they put in all brand new Meraki equipment. And they had the Meraki outdoor access point with the directional antennas.
0: Right. Yep. I In, think well, it used to be a sixty-four, I think.
1: Yeah. Inside the Mazda showroom, you were still picking up at like sixty percent, seventy percent signal strength. You were picking up that Meraki Wi-Fi, and what was happening right when the buyout happened? Some of the users were tr- were trying to connect to their Wi-Fi. I'm like, no, well, guys. It was
0: stronger than the one they had inside. <laughs> right. Right.
1: They're like, well, we, because we were replacing their Wi-Fi, so there wasn't any Wi-Fi at that moment in time and they kept connecting to their guest Wi-Fi. That's how strong it was.
0: It's uh, you know, it, it really, it really is. You get what you pay for. It's yeah. it's wild. You know, the investment is there. I mean, I have some customers that have Meraki gear from five, six years ago, and they're like, Well, we're not gonna upgrade it. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm like, okay, I can't blame you, (laughs) you know, especially when a lot of these bigger companies will do like a five-year licensing agreement. So for five years, they're they're good to go. And if they have a small IT team, they manage it in-house. And if they need help, they call us or or they'll just call Cisco, you know, so it's very, very fluid. You know, I always tell the customer, we can be as hands-on or as hands-off as you want us to be. Right. Just depends on how much you know and how much you, you want to know.
1: Yeah. But it, it, it
0: is, it is a very good product, you know, and, and like, you know, you and I were discussing uh, earlier, I, I think that I'm going to get some NFR gear from Meraki and see if I can put that in my, in my office, because, you know, we just, you, you really, you got to play in the sandbox that you preach. Right, you know, right. I, mean, I have, I have all different hardware in the office and that's because I like to stay caught up on all the hardware we have out there. You know right. whether it's whether it's an open mesh switch or it's ubiquity or it's cradle point gear, whatever it may be. That way, when I go to that site, I it it comes right back to me. It's not like oh, I haven't dealt with this in five years.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, it, it's it's funny you say that. If if I look behind me right now in my rack I have at the house, there's a Sophos router, a UniFi gateway, an edge switch, a 16 port or a 10 gig edge switch, a Unify switch. <laughs> <laughs> because um, you have
0: to keep playing with it. That's, that's what it is.
1: Right, right. And hopefully in the next couple months, once things get back to normal, I'll be putting an NFR Meraki um, in this rack too to link back to the office. And that'll go in conjunction with the Baraki that my wife has in the rack that she has for her office. So the business she works for, they give all of their remote users MX-67s to connect back to the office. Oh, wow. And, I mean, they're doing VoIP and their full computers, full tunnel, and she never has an issue. It just works. (laughs) And that's that's a big selling point for Meraki is it, it just works.
0: Well, and, and, you know, that's what's so nice about a lot of this cloud stuff, if you will, right. You know, whether it's, it's hosted PBX or it's, you know, cloud managed switches or, or cameras, whatever it might be. I mean, again, we have customers all throughout the country. The The thing that I always tell everybody, it's an office in a box. I give you a laptop, I give you a phone, hell I'll give you an access point And they, uh, And and a camera, and we'll just connect it all back because it's ready to go. Yeah, there's not a lot of things in the world that you can do that with, and and it actually work.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. This pandemic has really showed the holes that a lot of businesses have, and And, and the ones
0: that care, you know, that's another thing too.
1: Right, right. I mean, I'm regretting that I don't have more customers on three CX right now because of all this. My customers that I have on 3CX, I sent them home with a USB headset, and right. they were good to go. Yeah, because absolutely. They can, they can download As long the Windows app. Zoom, you're good. Right, right. <laughs> but they have web, they have a web interface right through uh, 3CX. You can do video conferencing through that on their own hosted server. So we're good. But it, yeah. it's just, it's amazing that I they can go home, they can open up a Chrome browser, and they're in the queue. They can answer phone calls. They can transfer phone calls. They can do everything they were doing at their desk.
0: Yep, absolutely. And
1: let's use my medical supply store for an example. Their whole entire software package is cloud-based. Their phone system is cloud-based. Their email is Office 365. And we have a Meraki firewall in place that if they wanted to VPN back in and remote into their desktop, they can. But they don't have to. Right. And that, that's been huge. So his biller's home, his accountant's home, his service coordinator's home, and his sales guys are working mostly from home. And they don't have to come to the office. And, yeah. and it's been amazing. Uh, it's it's been huge.
0: That's what's great. You know, I, I had a customer today, you know, because of course we we utilize the equipment that we we sell to our customers, and our hosted PBX system, I have the app on my phone and I just rescheduled the system so that instead of just ringing the office phones, it rings our, our app as well. So I had someone today call and I was on the road and they're like, oh, are, are you in the office? I go, no, I'm on the road. Oh, well, how'd I get you? I go, that's the miracle of technology. Right, right. <laughs> we're, so We're here to support you. You know, we can't have, I mean, just because there's nobody in the office doesn't mean I can't get a phone call or or work you through something that you're having a problem with. That's, that's what it's here for. And You know, sometimes you get customers that you win customers that way. You know, I had another one that called me today and said, oh, you set us up with a new, um, you know, hosted PBX. Uh, You also have the the meeting app with it, too. I just did a conference call today with, you know, six people on video chat. I said, how'd it work? They go, oh, it was great. It was easy. I said, perfect. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what I want to hear. (laughs) I I, just want to complain.
1: (laughs) I I mean, it was great because I was able to come home. And I mean, I have a makeshift office. We're in a new home that we've only been in for like eight months. And I have a makeshift office in the basement, but I brought home a basic cheap computer, threw 3CX's session border controller on it and dropped a phone on my desk and I'm connected to our phone system. Yeah, and that's
0: it. It was 10 minutes, right?
1: (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. And I'm good to go. And I'm able to, I mean, the store has been crazy still. So I'm able to help my father with the phones and support them as best I can, plus support all my customers. Yeah. Um. I mean, cell phone's nice, but being able to have a speakerphone on a normal phone and a normal handset is <laughs> yes night and day different. Priceless. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> I know the feeling because I do the same thing. You know, everyone people will come over and they'll be like, "Why do you have a desk phone?" I'm like, "Well, uh, when I work from home, I like to have a physical device. Thank you very much." <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. And and just the money that I've been able to save the customers to with these cloud systems is astonishing. We walked into a funeral home because they wanted to add two more phone lines to their existing phone system. So two of their other funeral homes that they just purchased could forward into their main office. And I said, well, why are you doing this? Like, You're paying for the Numbers at those two locations, you're paying for two more numbers at this location. This is the craziest thing I've Course ever heard.
0: Call forwarding cost, right?
1: Right, right. So he was <laughs> paying between Spectrum and Verizon, I think seven hundred dollars a month for phone yeah, service across all he had seven funeral homes. Wow. I said, okay, how about this?
0: How about I'll we fix you- that and cut it in half? <laughs>
1: right, right. I said, okay, I'm gonna put you on three CX. I'm gonna port all your numbers to one siptrunk.com account and it's gonna be two hundred dollars a month. Because at the end of the day, they only really needed three channels. They don't get a ton of right. phone calls.
0: Right. It's not but, it's just the it's not the capacity, it's the device limitation is right, what it right. comes down to.
1: At the end of the day, they needed nine different numbers that would all hit that same account, but they're not getting more than Two or three phone calls at a time. Right. <clears throat> so we spun them up on 3CX, put them on siptrunk.com, and they are the happiest they've ever been. I mean, well, the because big it's problem.
0: easy. They save money and it does exactly what it needs to do. Right.
1: Right. And I mean, the only reason we got that phone call is because their phone vendor hadn't called them back in a year. <laughs> and he just happened to, his son went to school with my sister. Where I grew up in a very small town and he wants to use local people, got that phone call, got him set up on that. And we've gotten three more jobs off of it in the past six months.
0: It's, that's great. That's, that's yeah. exactly, that's exactly the testimonial you want to have, you know?
1: Right. Right. And, and he was skittish at first, like I, but I like having the phone system here and like, I, I know where it is. I know it's downstairs and everything's <laughs> hunky dory. I said, okay, but. What if you're, I mean, you're a funeral home, and yes, you do have an answering service, but what if you were at home, and what if you wanted to call somebody back not on your cell phone, and you wanted to use your business number for the caller ID? Just open the app, and you're making that phone call, Right. and you're done, and that's been huge for them, and they love it. They have been so happy with this system, not just the fact that we answer the phone when they call, but the fact that they are saving I think their ROI was six months on wow. the cost savings. And that was with, and I even upgraded their Wi-Fi too.
0: And, and, and that's, that's great. And that, that's what's, what's really wild about all this, this stuff. I mean, you know, years ago, you could never get a, a, a Polycom phone for $200. Never, right. you could never get right. a, a business grade desk phone. I mean, you have some, you know, we, we, were, we used to do a lot of Lucent AT&T, uh, you know, years ago. You can't compare that phone, regardless of how good it was back then, to like a Polycom or a Link. Now, because right. they are night and day. It's like taking a Meraki and Ubiquity. Yep. <laughs> yep. But it, yeah. it's just—it's great how if the customer listens to your your insights and your experience, how how much better they could be in a time like a crisis we're in now. You know, you yeah. could essentially. Wake up and, oh, cool. I'm home. I don't have to do anything. I can answer my phone calls. I can send my email. This is great. I don't have to worry about anything. you know And, right. and to me, that's priceless if that can be done.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and with that customer, for example, one of the things that you know in the uh, low voltage nation is we have the gold standard that we try to bring to all of our customers. And when I walked in there, again, we were just brought in to just do a phone system. And I kind of started seeing things here and there, like, okay, why did they do this? Why did they do that? A previous company, this is a a house built in, I think, 1910, 1920. So, I mean, you can imagine how hard it is to get a wire from, say, the basement to the second floor.
0: Oh, next to impossible.
1: Yes. (laughs) So the old company just drilled a hole in the first floor into, like, basically, the middle of the floor on the second floor and brought a network cable up there, ran it across the carpet, up the wall, across the ceiling, down the wall, and then into their office. And I'm like, this is, no, no. I'm If we're putting a phone system in, I'm not leaving this how it is because somebody can easily trip over this or cut it or break it or anything. Absolutely. And we went, we went and spent 20 minutes, half an hour, looked down in the basement, and we found the oldest pull string that I've ever seen in my entire life (laughs) in the basement, because upstairs in their office, there was a 25 pair wire going up in that office. And I said, there's gotta be a way to get a wire up through this hole. And we spent the extra time. We found that pull string and we were able to get a wire up in that closet. And now that wire is in his office. And yes, we had to still string it across the baseboard, but But it's in his office. (laughs) yep it's done neat
0: better case you know
1: yes yeah it's done neat it's done clean he doesn't have to worry about it now he doesn't have to worry about somebody tripping on it doesn't have to worry about the aesthetics of it it's he couldn't have been happier and it's just we spent the extra 10 minutes to do that for him
0: and and that's all it took you know someone to to care about it and and do it the right way that's it It, and so that's what i always say it's never a difficult thing to do it right the first time. Even if you have to do it a second time, if you're the second guy there to do it and neaten it up, it didn't take that long to do it the correct way. So why wasn't it done right the first time? You
1: know? Right. Right. And, and after that, he brings us outside. He had uh, that same company install a Lorex camera system. Oh, wonderful. And <laughs> he, he brings me outside and they just penetrated from the basement right out the block wall and just went right up the brick all exposed wire to all the cameras he's like is this really the right way to do it i go well if this is your only point of penetration yes that would make sense and in this type of building i can understand that but this should all be in conduit he goes well i brought it up to him and said couldn't somebody just come over and cut the wires and their response was well yeah if they do that we'll have them on camera (laughs)
0: yeah that really rectifies the issue
1: (laughs) i i I just i just shook my head like okay yeah that's that's an answer so because
0: they took the shortcut they took the lazy way out they didn't want to do the the pipe the right way
1: (laughs) right right and and the funny thing is they did outdoor conduit in other spots on that building for those cameras
0: oh wow there's just no excuse for that
1: no not at all and this was four cameras that they ran like that. Wow. And it was, and it was right on like the most important area of the funeral home. It's right next to their main client room. If you know what I mean?
0: Right. Right.
1: And, and that's like the one place you really want to have good coverage because of yeah, well, the, that's always the place.
0: They're going to put it in the wrong spot and not do it the correct way. Right. Right. Cause that's right. The, the highest valued area.
1: Right. It's just mind boggling. And I mean, that's why I'm so glad Blake created this community so we can get out there and we can create this gold standard for our customers. And I mean, you're one of the biggest proponents of that. The work that you do for your customers is the gold standard. <laughs> Basically everything's modeled around what you do for your customers.
0: <laughs> well, well, thank you. You know, we, it's, it's nice to see that, you know, that, that we have this, community and it's constantly growing and evolving and and really good to see how everyone can value what we're all doing you know it's not just me it's not just you it's not just you know chris or pierce or it's all of us collectively and and how we have really put our minds around it and said all right what is the best approach with all our experience to do x y and z you know, and, and that's very rare, you know, we're not like right. electricians, we're not like plumbers, we don't have a quote unquote, standard to go by, other than, you know, electrical subcode, which is not always the correct way to do it. But we don't have anything like that. So to have something that we can build, and really make that gold standard is big, because then we, we won't have to worry about having these issues anymore, or these battles of, you know, this guy's less than me because he's doing it the wrong way. That's something that's um, that is really big and and makes you uh, feel like you can pride yourself on.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's huge. And we also have what we all call community over competition. We're not here to undercut each other. We're here to help each other grow, become better at our craft, become better at our trade. And, we can go to each other with a question and you know you're going to get an answer. You're going to get an answer right. within like 10 minutes, usually.
0: <laughs> it's usually pretty quick. It's, it's it's great that we have that capability and that dedication really through, through all of us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like we've been having the past few weeks is people bouncing ideas off each other of, OK, what software stack can I use to do this? What hardware stack can I use to do that? what do you like about this? What don't you like about that? And it, it, it's been huge and it, it really helps grow the business and it helps us all get better. It, it's amazing.
0: Definitely. It definitely does. You know, that's, that's really the way that that you can learn to grow and to do things more efficiently and the, the, the right way. That's what's, what's really great about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So where do you see, the industry as a whole going in the next five years, whether it be the MSP space or your actual control systems or your life safety, where do you see everything going?
0: Well, I I think after this whole COVID-19 thing, I really think a lot more things are going to be touchless, right? So I I think that's the big thing now is going to be an app where I'm only going to touch my device. I don't want to touch anything else because that's, really, I think, something that was evolving before this, but now I think it's going to be even more advanced. And whether it's access control, whether it's surveillance, whether it's, um, you know, access points and and networking, it's just going to be, I think, a lot more, I hate to say hands-off, but hands-off for the client, right? right? They're not going to want to have that interaction where they're going to have to take a dirty key fob out and swipe the card, even though if it's theirs, it's, it's still something that's another piece to touch. So I think that's, that's a big way that it's going. I mean, we're doing a lot of that now where it's contactless and, and really least amount of not invasion, but just the least amount of contact. There's really no other way to put it. Um, and I think that's, that's really a big advance feature set that is that is going to evolve more and more now or even more rapidly and and even you know gate control the same way so i think that's a that's a big thing
1: well that's one thing i'm wondering is there stuff coming up where it can do geolocation off your phone when you pull up to your gate your phone tells the system we're here open the gate without you even interacting with the app
0: it it can the biggest thing I say about that is if you lose your phone, you want to make sure you have two-factor authentication enabled.
1: Right. Because
0: we can yeah. do that now, you know, like, for example, with our big access control is Brevo. Mm-hmm. So we can we do that, but with a lot of our commercial customers, we do two-factor. So you do have to take your phone out and do face ID or your biometric. It has to be another factor because that was always a big thing where, you know, if I want to get into – you know, the IT storage room, I don't want to have someone just swipe my phone. And right. I kind of look at them and say, well, are you going to let someone take your phone? <laughs> right. be be glued to you like, you know, like your hip or crying out loud. But that is, that is a big thing. But then you switch to the other caveat where on the residential side, you know, you have Maybe you're walking into your, you know, you have groceries, for example. You open up the back of your car, right? It's a power lift tailgate, so you don't have to touch that. You grab right. your bags, you swipe your foot underneath to close the tailgate. But now you got to fumble for your keys. What if the alarm's on? Are the lights on outside? But as you approached to your home, the geofencing kicked in where you're, you don't want your phone to have to say, well, you have to unlock your phone with biometric or face ID. You want to have it where you're pulling up, your garage door opens, your alarm disarms, your lights go on, all these convenience features, but they're also security features. So it's a very gray world, I guess you could say, with that. Yeah. Because it's going to be tailored to that vertical, but I think it's going to get more and more advanced to that point. You know, I've always said for at least the last three years And I always say to the the customers, regardless of who they are, I said, it's going to be to a point where we're going to be able to program everything for you, where if you're leaving your house in, you know, Jersey City and you're driving out to, let's say, the Hamptons, or maybe you're leaving Manhattan and going to the Hamptons. And if you're getting, let's say, 10 miles from your home, everything's going to activate for you. Your alarm will stay armed until you get closer, but maybe what your hot TV warming up. This is Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You you know, maybe you want the lights dim depending on the time of the day. Maybe you want certain music on who you're with. All these crazy things that you used to see years ago that are actually coming to fruition now because it is so easy to make that a reality.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the movie right now. It was with Ryan Philippi and he was a programmer. And when he would walk into – he was at the founder's house, and we would walk into a room. It would start playing a specific song tailored to him, and it would change all of the paintings to paintings that he liked.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to remember what movie it is, too. I'm trying to think about
1: it. (laughs) I can't remember what that is. But,
0: you know, it's funny. You you mention it, and Bill Gates actually has his house that way. Yeah. Where – you know, depending on which family member walks into the room, the lighting changes, the thermostat changes. You know, people think that this is far fetched, but it, it's really not. It's there. It's it's here. It just it takes money. <laughs> that's what right. it comes down to.
1: And I think the movie is called Antitrust. That's what it was. OK. okay. And, and I think that's was Bill Gates is what they kind of rolled that whole movie around. And that's why they had those changing pictures. But in 2001, it was very interesting to see that that was already something that was available.
0: Right. And, you know, it it used to be so expensive. And I can tell you, we can do a lot of that and it's not expensive. It's very, very feasible.
1: Yeah. Do you see AI rolling into the residential space down the road or is that already happening?
0: It it is happening. It is happening on a a, a lower scale, I would say, or, or a more compacted scale where you know things are i mean the biggest thing is you know you have alexa you have google home you have apple home but you know you want to make sure that it's safe too you know a lot of these things are everyone gets very excited about but not knowing the big superpower behind it and what they can do with it that information or how it can be hacked so it's it's a very Again, it's a very gray area. You know, how right. much do you want to be able to be hands off, but how much security and privacy are you willing to give up to make that happen? You know, right. um, I still, you know, I can do all this stuff with, with my home, but I choose to do it where I hit the button and do it. I don't want <laughs> someone else to do it because yep. I, I, it's not there yet. It's not at that security level, I don't think yet.
1: Well, and that's why it's huge having a company like yours where you're covering the whole landscape. You're not just an AV integrator. You're not just an access control integrator. You're also an IT company. You have that knowledge on security to come in and make sure these systems you're putting in are locked down and you don't have to worry about these security risks. And you're ensuring that your customers, yes, have all these cool bells and whistles, but they don't have massive holes because of those bells and whistles. Right, right. And, and that's
0: the big thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's what scares me all the time with some of these integrators is, yeah, we can go and we can throw all these cool things in there, but they don't think about the security at the end of the day.
0: Right. I need 50 ports open. Whoa. whoa, whoa What do you mean 50? <laughs> right you didn't need any (laughs) right
1: right right and and, i mean i've gotten in arguments with av integrators before i had one that did a 70 camera install for a car dealership and they wanted all these ports open and they wanted this and that i said we can just do that all over the vpn on phones (laughs) no no you know you can't this was before uh hick had the handshake yeah yeah sure um, and I said well we can just do that over the VPN no no that won't work you have you have to do it over ports that that's that's not gonna work okay <laughs> give me five minutes <laughs> oh look it worked <laughs> right and I don't
0: have magician
1: right and I did not have to open up all these ports on the network and just make it a giant security risk and I, and I'm glad that I was there to do that because I know if I wasn't those ports would have been opened
0: Right. It mean, would have had all these vulnerabilities.
1: Right, right, right. I mean, when DNS was taken down, what, two or three years ago now, how many of the devices were NVRs? i think seventy five. Sure a lot of
0: them times. were hikes. Right.
1: I think 75% <laughs> of that attack was NVRs because you have the integrators that are coming in and opening those ports and leaving default passwords on the devices.
0: Which is mind-blowing to me that that, that is something that, would be acceptable to anybody regardless right. of if you knew it or not you never leave anything defaulted at least right not- first of all you never leave it defaulted online let alone by itself
1: <laughs> yeah yeah A- absolutely i mean i know there's the hot button issue of we can't use this chinese vendor we can't use that chinese vendor well yeah i get it but if you know what you're doing you don't really have to worry about it that much
0: right and, and depending on what system you have you know like a lot of people always say, "Oh, you," because we use Hike Vision, but we use it with our Eagle Eye platform, which is our cloud CCTV platform. Right. And everyone's yep. like, "Oh, you're using Hike?" I said, "Get find the best hacker you can find. Have him try to get into that, because it's not going to happen. It's just it's it's totally segregated from the network. That it's on its own network, completely disconnected, where it doesn't have internet access. You, it, it's almost like as if it was totally unplugged." And they're like, oh, what do you mean? And you say, well, literally what I just said, it's disconnected from the network. It doesn't exist in that world where these other hike NVRs and hike cameras were connected to each other and they were open to the web. It's, yeah. it's just, it dep- it's all dependent on the back end security.
1: And that's why it's great having a community like we have where we can all work together. We have the low voltage integrators. We have the AV integrators. We have the systems integrators. We have the MSPs. We can all work together to make sure we're offering our customers the best possible solutions. I mean, right. I, I'm i not going to say I can do absolutely everything, but I know a guy in our group that can help me with that. I know a guy in our group that can help me with this and vice versa. I'm out there when the AV guys have questions, when the security installers have questions, we're there for them. And we can make yeah. sure that they're giving their customers the best install. They're locking them down. They're keeping them secure. I mean, it's just crazy that these guys come in and they're security vendors. They're here to make sure your business is protected. But they don't think about the digital side. They only right. think about the physical side. Right. And, and nowadays, know, tough. yeah, nowadays you got to cover both. They're covering both. You got to cover both.
0: Well, and that's a, a big thing with it too, you know, is like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you do all these things, you do this, this, and this. And it's like, well, you have to, if you want to be good at it, you have to be able to cover everything. You may right. not always get every piece of the pie that you want, but if you're there and something happens, you can say with confidence, well, this is why it happened. And then right. maybe you get another client out of it or another portion out of it, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, no, I, I, it's it's great. So, with everything that you cover, how do you keep up with the ever changing landscape of all these different facets you guys cover uh, in the business?
0: I think a big part of it is that, you know, I'm, again, I'm very tech savvy, right? And I've always been very interested in technology and how it works and how, how I can break it. That's why I always said to everyone, well, this is cool, but how can I break it? And the big thing with that is it's, it's interesting to me. And I think if you're interested in something, you're going to push more and more to see what's new and how you can make it better. So I think that is really a big thing. And, and really being, I don't want to say that we're so advanced, but I think being so involved in our manufacturers and our partners is really how we can continue to grow you know, because you you can't learn about everything on the internet. It just doesn't happen that way. And with having these manufacturers constantly reaching out with to me and keeping in contact with us and, and really doing things where they're saying, well, hey, you want to try this out? You want to try the alpha? You want to try the beta of it? That's really how everything can get better and we can grow and grow and grow. Because we may have a product or Nova product three months before Somebody else will even see it, which is really rare that you can have that. So, I, I think a, a big part of it is really myself being so interested in, in the technology and, and what can be better. And really, our partners, our manufacturers saying, well, hey, you know, enterprise always wants to see what's new and, and really give feedback to it. So, I think that's really the biggest aspect of learning more and, and moving forward with what's new and being on the cutting edge.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that also goes back to building the relationships that both you and I try to do with, whether it be our customers or our vendors, and that helps us make sure the customers are happy and keeps our business running and keeps us in the know with everything that's coming out.
0: Absolutely. And then, you know, if, if you're not, you know, interested in, in the products that you're selling, you're not going to make that any better you know anybody can sell a screw but what kind of screw is it and how is this screw better than the other screw <laughs> you know it's a silly analogy but you can take really anything and and make it better
1: yeah no absolutely and again that's another amazing thing that Blake's done with the low voltage nation is bringing those vendors into the group too so when we have questions we can go straight to those vendors and when they have these new products, they're offering it up to all of us and say, Hey guys, you wanna try this out and see how you like it and tell us what's wrong with it and tell us what's good about it.
0: Right. And then that's and that's big. It's very rare to to get that type of energy from manufacturers because they they don't always see it that way. A lot of them are, you know, just there to, to make their numbers and they walk away. Which is which is not something that is necessarily a positive move on the manufacturer's part, I would say. Um, So it's, it's really cool to see that, that what Blake is doing and the the drive that he has to build this network and, and really build it with a solid base is it's just, it's a proud thing to be a part of, you know, it really is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So where can people learn more about enterprise CC and see some of the work you guys have done?
0: I think the, the biggest place that we've really been using to showcase our work is is the social media outlets between Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, if people still use Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our website, everything is Enterprise CC, um, you know, com at Enterprise CC. I really lucked out with getting that, that one branded name throughout. <laughs> yeah. And, in, you know, we've been pushing LinkedIn a lot more, you know, a lot of things that um, Blake puts on LinkedIn for Low Voltage Nation. We do it that way as well. And, you know, just keeping up with, with all of that is is big.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, anybody out there, if you are looking for the best way to brand the gear that you're installing for your customers, please look at Enterprise CC's Instagram. Marco <laughs> has done an amazing job getting his brand out there. And he does it in such a beautiful way. His trucks are probably the most beautifully wrapped trucks I've seen. He has perfectly branded access control systems, his racks, everything. You know when Enterprise CC comes into a location, you know that they installed that equipment. You know what they installed. You know who to call. You have everything you need to get in touch with them. And that's one thing that I've been trying to focus on too with our customers is not just getting our branding out there for people to see it, but getting our branding out there. So if there is an issue, they're not having to flow through their Rolodex or try to find our number on our website or try to find this. It's there. It's on the device. It takes them 30 seconds. They can make that phone call. And that's been huge.
0: And, and I, I thank you for your kind words, Brian. <laughs> it's, it's so true, though. It really is. You know, a lot of people look at it and, you know, we've had GCs say, oh, you know, your name's on the camera. Your name's on the card reader. Your name... I said, is that a bad thing? Because you're, you're trying to make it spin off like as if it was a negative connotation to the statement. And he just looks at me and he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I said, if you have a problem, are you going to call Hike Vision?" Who's that? I said, Exactly. I said, you just answered your own, your own statement, my friend. I said, this is not here for advertisement. It's here to help everyone. Because if something happens, they're going to know who, the, who the, to call as opposed to trying to fidget around. Like you said, Brandon, like throw a Roldex or 401 or go on Google. I mean, if you have one point of contact for the, the devices that are installed, that, that's all you need. It's easy peasy.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, there, there's been many a times that I'm, again, my doctor's offices, the EMR vendor gives them a lot of their equipment, their scanners, their card readers, their signature pads. And we have an issue with one of those. And I'm spending 10, 15 minutes, okay, the number, what's the account number? What's this? What's that? <coughs> and everything that my customer needs is right there for them. They don't have to right. monkey around and, and figure that stuff out. But it also keeps us accountable, it, it makes sure that we're going to make the most beautiful install for those customers because at the end of the day, we're putting our name on that install. We're not just going to go in and throw all the wires at the rack and then throw our name on and say, look at what we did.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Because your, your pride of your business is written all over that job. And I always tell everyone, I'm not going to put my name on some garbage because that's not the way it works. That's not the way we do our work. If I'm coming into a takeover and I'm putting my name anywhere on that facility, it's going to look like we did it from the beginning because that's what we pride ourselves in. And that's the value that you get when you hire us and you hire all of us in low voltage nation. You know, any of us with that, again, going back to that gold standard, that's what you're getting. That is the quality that you're getting. That is exactly what you're paying for. And that's what we want everyone to know.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I would much rather spend some money on wrapping my vehicle, spend some money on stickers than pay a sales guy. And I feel like putting my sticker on these things and having other people see that work and showcasing my work in that way <laughs> works the same way as having a salesperson. I'm getting the same content out of it. And I don't have to worry more about fun it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I got to be honest, you probably picked the most bold colors out there to, <laughs> to get your name out there.
0: But it flows too. It's not like it's, you know, in your face, all green. It's, you know, that's why it's funny. You know, when I, when I talk to my, um, my fleet company, they're always like, well, what color trucks do you want? Or what color truck is this one going to be? I go, our standard is black. And then we put all our green on it. And they're like, oh, we're, we're sorry. That's so silly of us because it's very hard to get commercial vehicles in black. So it's, it's very funny when people say like, how'd you get those trucks in black? Or how'd you do this? It's like, well, if you work for it, you can make it happen regardless of what it is.
1: Right. I I mean, that's, I think that's the big thing too, is all your vehicles are black. Your branding is black and green. And that black really helps keep that neon green down and keeps it nice and clean and not in your face. Right.
0: And but it's, at the it's same subtle, time, you makes we try to Yes, exactly. And, you, you know, you try to, the, the biggest thing that I try to do is I try to keep, you know, you want the eye to focus on it or catch it. You know I mean? I've had big companies like Salesforce, right? I, I had a rep call me one time. He goes, oh, you know, I don't know if you're interested in the product. He goes, but I saw one of your trucks in Manhattan. I just had to call you and I had to get the owner and say that the trucks really stood out and how cool I really thought they were. And I was like, this is some random guy from Salesforce, a salesman, who sold a truck in Manhattan and called me to say how cool it was. I mean, that doesn't happen, you know. I'm not right. my own home, but that's, that's cool to hear that, you know. And maybe it'll get us something down the line, or maybe you just thought it was cool looking. So, <laughs> I mean, works,
1: right? <laughs> you got to look at it this way. If you're doing a job, say, let's, let's say in Times Square. All these big Fortune 500 companies paid millions of dollars to have their billboards in Times Square. You have this rolling billboard just parked in Times Square, <laughs> doing exactly the same thing that exactly. you all you paid for was the wrap on the vehicle.
0: Yep, and, and, and that's and, what I always tell the guys too. I say, you know, you got to remember this is a rolling billboard. Treat it with respect. Be aware of what you're in because the phone numbers all over it. The truck numbers are all over it. We know who's, who's driving them.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, and that's the funny thing. Like, you'll be driving on the highways up here, and all these different vendors will cut you off and do all these different things. I'm like, do you realize that your company's name is on this vehicle? And you just oh, cut
0: me off? Joe's alarm just cut me off. I'm going to make a <laughs> phone call.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, that's hey, it's, it's it's been Fun. It's been two hours, so yeah, yeah, it's, I, been,
0: <laughs> it's been great. You know, I, I hey, look, right. I mean, we're 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 in an odd time. We're we're talking. We're just having a conversation. That's what's great about this. You know, again, it, there's no no real firm. You know, uh, I would say not a structure. There is a structure, but it's not. We're not always having a business esque conversation. This is just a normal conversation. That's what's so great about this. You know, you don't have right. to really prep for it. And if you're really into your business, you can you can shoot off the cuff and you can have a conversation and just build off of it. That's what's what's really cool with this. And I think that's a big thing why I am so involved with with Blake and Low Voltage Nation and all you guys, because it just it rolls off your tongue. It's it's right. fun and you're giving information and, and helping everybody. It's, it's cool. It's really, it's, it's an amazing thing to, uh, to really be a part of.
1: Yeah. I mean, my big thing with this is, yeah, I want you to get exposure for your business. I want people to learn more about your business, but Hey, let's just talk. Let's figure out how we can help each other out. And what things can I recommend to you? What can you recommend to me? How can we make our businesses better? Well, having a conversation to get your brand out there and and that's one of the things i've been trying to focus on with this podcast i mean blake laid the framework with the original low voltage nation podcast and i kind of tailored it around that and just made it msp centric and at the end of the day we're just here to have a conversation and learn about the business
0: right and you know you, you have to think too that there may be people that aren't in our industry that just want to hear about it too because you wanna to try to pull everybody in that we can. And if someone doesn't know you know what we do or what a camera does or this and that, if you have a, a very open conversation about it and, and still focus in on certain aspects of it, you're gonna get those people interested and they're gonna say, oh wow, you know, maybe this is something I wanna to listen to. And then that's how you make everything grow.
1: Absolutely, I mean, hey, if you wanna learn more about the Low Voltage Nation, Check us out on Facebook. Check us out at lowvolucidation.com. We have a Facebook group. We have the Slack. If you want to just learn about the industry, if you have questions to ask, jump in our Facebook group. Start asking questions. We're all here to answer those questions for you. Whatever you got, we're here for you. But I'll let you go. Have a great rest of the week. And I will uh, talk to you Friday in the director's meeting.
0: Great. Thanks, Brandon. I appreciate it. Have a good week. Thank you.
1: You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.